Hello and welcome to the Business as Usual podcast, which is part of the Edify podcast network. This podcast series is a five-part look at exam technique for the Edexcel A-level business specification. In the five parts of this series, we're going to look at the exams as a whole, each individual type of question, and including some ideas for structure and model answers. My name is Jack Goodrich and my usual co-host is Mike Sawyer. We're both teachers in schools in the UK. This series is just me, but Mike's going to be doing a similar series for Edexcel GCSE specification students and teachers soon. Let's get started. In the second part of the Business as Usual podcast series on exam technique for Edexcel A-Level Business, we're going to look at four mark exam questions. Just as an introduction, this podcast series is aimed specifically at students of the Edexcel A-Level in business. The podcast in general is aimed at students of all exam boards, but because we teach Edexcel, the two of us who host this podcast, exam technique sections tend to focus specifically on this. This is the second podcast or video in this series the first one we did was on the exams paragraph structure and the question we're also going to do some follow-ups on the eight mark exam questions 10 and 12 mark exam questions and 20 mark exam questions and these are going to be available on youtube as a video and on spotify as a podcast my recommendation would be the first time watching through i would use the youtube video because you get the benefit of the visual on screen but then afterwards maybe as a refresher you might want to use the spotify one instead I would also advise that if you haven't already, watch the the introduction one, which talks through the exams and the paragraph structures, because when we talk about paragraph structures later on in this one, you're not going to know what they are necessarily if, if you haven't got that, that context. So the basics of a four marker. Four markers appear on paper one and paper two. There's four in each paper, so two in each of the hour-long sections. But there are three different types of four marker. There's an explain question, there's calculate questions and there's construct questions. And what you should expect is specifically on paper one and paper two, you would expect to see some of those calculate questions and construct questions, at least one of them, or maybe potentially two of them on each of paper one and paper two, because this is where you're going to get the majority of your quantitative marks and 10% of the marks on each paper are made up of quantitative skills. So your calculations and what have you that you'll have studied, this is where you're likely to find them. I'm going to go through all three different types of question. I'm going to show you an example question and a model answer and explain how I've come to that answer. I'm going to start with the explain four marker. So questions look like explain how or explain one. And an example of the question could be explain how Pfizer could benefit from using a price skimming strategy. So this would be an example of a four marker. In terms of the structure, you can use the majority of a peach paragraph. A peach paragraph is what we went through in the first the first video of this series. So if you're not sure what these what this peach paragraph is, then I would recommend you stop at this point and go back to have a look at that first. So you need the point, the effect, the apply, and then if you can, use the circumstance as well. It isn't asking you to analyze or evaluate, so you don't need to have a however or a conclusion. At this point, you might want to have a go at doing a four marker. So the question that I've just given as an example is on the bottom of the screen explain how Pfizer could benefit from using a price skimming strategy. And the extract that you would need is, if you're looking at the video, is on the screen as well. It's all about how Pfizer has been part of a merger, but it talks about the different types of products that they provide and the services that they provide. And so hopefully will be enough to try and 
linked to the question, you know, how, how could they benefit from using a price skimming strategy? If you want to have a go at that, pause this now, write out the question, have a go at the answer, give yourself only four minutes because timing is really, really important. I'm going to put an example of a model answer on the next page and talk about how I've structured it, why I've done certain things and why I haven't done certain things. So this is a model answer for this four marker. You'll notice that I haven't got a definition. I know that a lot of teachers say you could use a definition. In this, if I had a definition, it wouldn't get me any marks. And so as a result, I don't think there's really any need to do it. If there's, if there's 10 questions on a paper and you spend a minute writing the definition for each one, but then you'd run out of time and you don't answer a 10 marker, that minute you'd spend on each definition could have given you the 10 minutes to write that 10 marker. And so as a result, I think realistically, if your point's good, you're going to get the knowledge marks anyway, so I wouldn't bother with a definition. This model answer is, Pfizer could benefit from using the price skimming strategy as they would be able to use the high price to ensure a high profit margin from a newly launched product. So I'm using my point there to make my point really, really clear. The reason I believe this is going to work is because if they have price skimming, they're going to be able to get that high profit margin at the beginning when, high, when their price is high. As you'll know with price skimming, we always start with a new product. We start with a really high price, usually because it's something that's unique. And then over time, as competitors enter the market or enter with competitive products, we might then start to drop our prices or maybe after consumers have started to already buy the product. I'm going to then, I've explained a little bit of my effect there as well. I'm also going to bring in some of the case study. As Pfizer creates products that are cosmetic, such as the Botox wrinkle treatment, uh, as new products are launched, there may be high demand from people who are willing to pay the high launch price. So I'm going to then link it back to the question. This will benefit Pfizer. And here's where I bring in some of the circumstance as they likely have large costs for the development of these products. That's me bringing in the circumstance and recognizing that to create these products is going to cost a lot of money in terms of research and development. So hopefully you'll see there just from that short, short answer, that's all you really need to get the four marks out of four. You just need to make sure you hit those criteria, point, effect, apply, and apply being really, really key here. And then that little bit of circumstance, if you can get it towards the end. You don't need a however, you don't need a conclusion, you don't need a definition. The second type of four marker is the calculate four marker. And so questions are going to start with calculate. Usually what they're going to start with is also, as you'll see in this example, using the data and extract whatever the extract is. The key thing with this is any, any exam question that specifically requires you to use numbers in order to get marks, will say using the data in using the data in extract a b c d etc for this example using the data from extract a and the information above calculate the difference in percentage growth in air passenger numbers between 2015 and 2016 you were advised to show you're working so for your structure here You'll get full marks if you just write the correct answer, but it is always advised to do your working out. I've seen plenty of students who have made a mistake in their, maybe just using the calculator, they've typed something in incorrectly. And so as a result, they've done all the right things, but because they typed something in wrong, they end up with the wrong answer. And if you don't show you're working out, you're not going to get any marks. And, you know, just as a statistic, I think it was something like 20% of my students last year were within four marks of the next grade up. And so as a result, making a mistake like this could cost you a grade. It has happened. So write out your formulas that you're using as well. Again, it allows you to gain um, knowledge marks, even if you get the calculation wrong or you go wrong somewhere. If you can write out the formula, that's going to get you at least one mark. And then make sure your final answer is clear to the examiner. I would also add there is, unless it specifies otherwise, go to two decimal places as a default. 
I always get my students to go to two decimal places as a default, unless the question says to go to three, unless it says to go to one or what have you. Another key point here is that a calculation question doesn't require any explanation about what those figures mean. It's not asking you to explain whether these, whether the percentage growth figures are good or bad. It just wants you to calculate them. This example question, so it says here, air passenger numbers were forecast to grow from 3.5 billion people in 2015 to 3.75 billion in 2016. Using the data from extract A and the information above, calculate the difference in percentage growth in air passenger numbers between 2015 and 2016 you're advised to show your work in. If you're watching this on the video and you're able to have a go at this question, the extract A is on the screen. So you can see that there's a graph of percentage growth over the years from 2005 to 2015. Bear in mind that 2015 is forecast. It also in the top part of that question gives us the information for 2016. So try and give yourself four minutes and see if you can see if you can put together an answer for this question and I'll talk through the process and show you the model answer on the next bit. First of all I'm going to show my Formula, so percentage change is change divided by original times by 100. The percentage change from 2015 we can take from that graph from extract A is 6.7%. We need to figure out what the percentage change was in 2016. So the top part of the question said that the, the market was forecast to grow from 3.5 billion people to 3.75 billion people. So we can infer from that that the market growth is going to be 0.25 billion. And if we put that into the calculation we've just written out, the percentage change is going to be 0.25 divided by 3.5 times that by 100 it's going to give us 7.14%. Remember we're going to two decimal places at all times and then therefore we can calculate the difference in percentage growth by doing 7.14% minus 6.7% gives us 0.44% and you can see there that I've made it bold so it's really clear what my final answer is. I've also made sure I've put it into two decimal places although I didn't need to round that one. You might want to underline it, you might want to circle your answer, or you might want to just write out really clearly that the answer equals 0.44%. Just make it really easy for the examiner to give you the four marks because they'll if, they, if you've got the answer right, they won't need to go back through the rest. It's If you've made a mistake there, you want to make sure that all of your working out is nice and clear. So you'll see there that I've gone through those steps just to make sure that the examiner can see, even if I had made a mistake, they'd be able to see where I would deserve marks. And I'd like to think that I'd still be able to get one or two at least. The last type of four marker we're going to have a look at is the construct four marker. These all look the same. They're always going to say construct or draw a supply or demand diagram. It could be construct or draw a market map as another example. But most commonly you'd see it as a supply and demand diagram. And the example is using the data from extract B, as we mentioned, it's always going to say that using the data from extract B so you know exactly where to look. Draw a supply and demand diagram for airline tickets to show the likely effects of the change in jet fuel prices between 2014 and 2015. In terms of structure, it's actually really straightforward. You get one mark for each of the following. So correctly labeling the axis, price and quantity, that gets you one mark. Correctly constructing supply and demand curves, that also gets you a mark. Then the last two marks are the more difficult ones to get. That that's the one that those are the ones that rely on your knowledge. Correctly interpreting whether the shift is in supply or demand and whether it's to the left or to the right. And then finally, the fourth mark is from drawing the original and the new equilibriums and labeling them on the price and quantity axis. Based on the above, even if you have no idea about supply and demand curves, you should be able to get two marks out of four just by drawing effectively four lines and writing four letters. So there are really no excuses to get less than two marks on this. And I'm going to go through this example um, step by step so you can see how that works. 
before I do that, if you want to have a go at doing this question, the question's on the, on the screen. Using the data from Extract B, draw a supply and demand diagram for airline tickets. So remember, you're looking at what the supply or demand is for airline tickets to show the likely effects of the change in jet fuel prices between 2014 and 2015. Common mistake people will make here is they'll talk about the supply and demand of jet fuel prices. That's not what the question says. You've got to read it carefully. We're thinking about the supply or demand for airline tickets. So the the extract B on the screen shows a, gra a graph showing the change in jet fuel prices from 2005 to 2015. And you can see whether they've gone up or down from 2014 to 2015. So if you want to have a go, pause this, have a go, give yourself only four minutes, and then I'll talk through the answer afterwards. So I'm going to go through these marks one by one, and I'm going to color code them. So if you're watching this on the video, you'll be able to see mark one, mark two, mark three, and mark four in different colors, just so you can see how easy it is to get those first two marks. First mark and the second mark are always going to be the same, no matter what. So price and quantity, just Drawing those two lines, they don't even need to. You don't even need to use a ruler. Writing price and quantity that gets you one of the four marks, and then labeling the supply and demand curves gets you the, the second mark. So automatically, that's you know, fifty percent of the marks is a C grade standard answer. That's a C grade standard answer, and you haven't actually done anything. You've just memorized four lines and four letters. So one quick way of remembrance. I mean, the best way to remember supply and demand is to understand whether supply goes up or down when price increases or decreases but if you want a quick way of remembering it and the way i always remembered it was supply points to the sky so it goes up and demand goes down or points down so that's the easiest way to remember it but that gets you two marks so the tricky bit if you find this topic challenging the tricky bit is knowing whether supply or demand changes so in this case for mark three it's actually going to be supply that's going to increase and the reason for that is jet fuel prices have dropped and so as a result, it becomes cheaper for the airline companies to supply their product because they're spending less on fuel. And so as a result, they're going to they're gonna want to supply more because they can do it at a cheaper rate. So supply, we know that supply is going to be affected because jet fuel prices affect the business first. So therefore, it's going to affect supply. And we know that it's going to make them want to supply more because their costs have gone down. So we can draw that shift in the right. And you'll see there that I've drawn my second supply line and I've labeled it S2. The once you've done that that's the only challenging bit really because once you've done that mark 4 is also really straightforward. All you need to do is draw the equilibrium lines as you'll see there in yellow. So for S1 to D1 we're going to put our lines across a dotted line across and down and we're going to label that P1 and Q1 because we're looking at S1 in this case. Then we're going to do another equilibrium line, which is going to be exactly the same, but the difference is it's going to be looking at where supply and demand cross with supply 2 instead of supply one, so our new supply line. And we can see there that price, we've got P2 on the price axis, and we've got Q2 on the quantity axis. And that's gonna get us the four marks. But as as I said, if you just do the axis and the supply and demand curve lines, you're gonna get two marks by default. So thanks for watching. Hopefully that's helped with your ability to answer four markers. If you wanna see the rest of this series, make sure you subscribe on YouTube or follow us on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the Business As Usual podcast or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at businessaupod. Should be the same handle for both of those. If you've got any ideas for what you wanna see in another series, then please don't hesitate to get in touch.